episode of Scarves Up. I'm your host, Nathaniel Maymoudis. David Maymoudis will join me here in a sec. We're talking about the last three weeks of MOS+. Plus. Oh, how have we not talked about this yet? The World Cup qualifiers that sent the U.S. out in their hopes to play in Russia... But we're all top, but first we're going to talk about the Sounders. We're going, to, we're going to go in order. And to do that, I need someone to talk to. Let's bring in David Amutis. David Amutis, are you there? Doing okay, thanks. Okay. So first, start off with last game. Uh, uh, the game before the end, before the international break, was in Philadelphia. And, and luckily I can barely remember that game now. And it was a loss. Philadelphia opened the scoring in the first half. Knew who uh, failed to get on his man. And Philadelphia scores. And then Philadelphia would only get their second very late in the game. Um, very late in the game. Seven Fry maybe could have done better on this. But absolute screamer of a shot. Um, Christian Rodon got was got injured in Vancouver. Arm was definitely annoying him. How much do you think that really made an impact in that Philadelphia game, Rodon's arm? I don't know if Rodon was the difference, but you could definitely see he was not moving well. You know, it's hard to run when you can't swing your arm. Um, he really couldn't lift the arm. Um, it was definitely slowing him down by a step. You know, but also Clint Dempsey not starting in that game. The Sounders just in general, you know, a lot of them kind of ran like they had broken arms. Exactly. Sounder, uh, and the Sounders could have clinched if they had won that game because they just beat Vancouver. But instead, instead they would have to wait. So we go into the international break because of the last loss to Honduras. This game against Panama is pretty much a must-win. Um, it's nice that they have to play Panama and Trinidad, and Honduras, Panama have to play harder opponents. Right. So the U.S. has you know has to get two results, but uh, I you know facing two pretty weak teams. I was on my way to a concert, so unable to watch the Panama game. But 4-0, the game finished. Um, good game. Dempsey didn't start. Didn't really understand that. Uh, pretty much the lineup we probably would have expected to see in Russia. And then, Tuesday... The U.S. comes into Trinidad. The, the U.S. go to Trinidad. The group. And people... Any uh, a tie would have been good enough. Tie, if not, a tie pretty much any help from Mexico or Costa Rica would have been good enough. And what looked impossible happened, and we talked about before. We said so many times on this podcast that um, we didn't think the U.S. were going to make it. Or, or we thought the U.S. were in serious danger of not making it. But it wasn't until it actually happened that we were like, oh my god, the U.S. aren't going to the World Cup. And 
it is weird that they have to uh, wait another four years, uh, another five years, basically, um, at the moment, uh, till they could go to Cutter, and not, and it's not looking good then, since our youth, our youth teams aren't doing good. The U.S. 17, they just lost. And the U23 teams that have gone to the Olympics, they just keep losing. Uh, they haven't made the Olympics. So it's big, big downfall for the U.S. And Frank, the, I don't think many people ever saw it happening. Thought, what, Certainly not what I was expecting. Um, and but, it's, you know, much different world than we live in than in 1986. U.S. soccer is a lot stronger. Uh, Sounders get more fans, probably, than the national team anyway. And the national team's fans have been in a little bit of a decline now. I mean, it's not helped. I mean, some of it is because of ticket prices. They're trying to go them up. But most MLS teams have more fans than the national team now. And... This is only going to hurt the national team and soccer in the U.S. Um, from them not going to the World Cup. Last year's World Cup turned so many people onto soccer, and we're going to lose that this year. And it's not that I'm really sad that the U.S. aren't going. It's more that I'm, I'm more mad. And that's what, if you listen to other soccer analysts talking about it, it's... They're too cocky. They were thinking, there's no way, kind of like we were kind of doing this a little, there's no way that they'll never, that they won't make the World Cup. And then it happens. Right. And then you hear, you know, Bruce Arena saying, well, you can't criticize us based on how one ball bounced. And Bruce, and Bruce Arena says you don't have to change anything. Well, right. but really I what understand. You, have to change I have... is, you know, when one ball bounces badly, if you're winning 6 nothing, it doesn't matter. Well, and I also, if you clinched the, you clinched your spot two games ago, which is where they should have been. And uh, they should have, they should have, uh, they, they should have been. They, you gotta win your home games. The fact that they, they weren't doing that, that they, that they only beat Trinidad, uh, that they, that they couldn't get a, a win against Costa Rica or Mexico, on on it really hurt them in the, in the end game. And, I mean, you can't come up with the excuses. I mean, like, the day before the Trinidad game, uh, talking about the pitch. The pitch looked fine to me um, when it actually came time to play. Uh, they're they're going to say, uh, well, Panama's first goal from Blast Press. We really hate that guy. And this was not, and this did not go in the goal. But you can't blame it. You can't blame that. You can't blame the ridiculous own goal um, for, that happened in Mexico. It hit off the crossbar um, and then hit the yeah, keeper. Apparently, ridiculous head. own goal in this last game also against Trinidad. And you can't blame, yeah, you can't blame Omar Gonzalez. I mean, that is going to haunt Armand Omar Gonzalez for his life. Um, but and it's going to haunt all the people who are on the field, who are on the field for the U.S. But they can't say that they weren't pushing to get back into this game. Even when before Roman Torres scored for Panama, why weren't the U.S. pushing? They were losing. 
it took it took just like five seconds for Panama to change it. The U.S. should have been pushing that far too. They we need our center backs attacking and taking shots, and we put in Benny Failhaber. That's not the attacking he, he, move he, he, we he, want to be making. Chances, but he's no Roman Torres, you have to say. The fact that we weren't pushing, and then Bruce Arena can come say, oh, uh, yeah, uh, we don't need to change anything. Well, I think he's sort of, well, I mean, it's hard to say if he's saying that, that he doesn't want them to change something because that means he's going to get fired. Still. Say, say it was your job. It was your job to make it to the World Cup, and you failed. And there's a reason that he quit, because he knew he was going to get fired. Yep. So very, anyway, now that we don't have to talk about the national team. Very, very disappointing for that. I mean, I don't think it's going to be, I don't think we're going to find out who's the permanent head U.S. head coach who will be coaching them. Till at least the next the World Cup in Russia, they'll make some announcement on who's it going to be. But do you have any prediction? Do you think it's going to be one of the MLS coaches now, or do you think I really do not know. it will be someone like Jurgen, or it will be some, another European coach like your Jurgen Klinsmann? There's been talk of Caleb Porter. There's been talk of Peter Vermes. There's been talk of um, of. Uh, of uh, Patrick Vieira, um, Oscar Perea, he's in the mix. Uh, but uh, I don't think they'll announce that till we get any closer to the world. Right, it'll be interesting to see how it works out. So we, even though U.S. can't use an excuse, what's going on? I mean, out, out of, first, can we be clear? Who... Of MLS players, where, if it, is Blas Perez in your top three of most, of people you can't stand? Yes. Who, who would those other two be? For me, it is Blas Perez, Landon Donovan, and um, probably Stephen Lenhart. He's sort of entertainingly annoying. Uh, I know you're not a big fan of Chris Wondolowski either. Uh, oh, oh my god, how did I not bring up Mark Birch? He's trash. Okay. Okay, enough about not Mark Birch. Who will you be rooting for in the World Cup, or who will you be watching? Uh, so, we got a lot of young team. we got a lot of fur, well, teams that no one really expected. I'm definitely gonna be splitting it between Egypt, um, I like, I like Poland. I like Serbia. Uh, I like Iceland. Um, I think France is going to win. But uh, I mean, I'm definitely at the most besides France. I'm rooting for Panama because when Roman Torres scored, and whenever we see him on the field for the Sounders, he's always so so happy. And. Um, He's a, and a hero for the Panama. He still hasn't scored a goal for the Sounders, except for MLS Cup. I love him. 
and um, I'm going to have a fun time watching him play in uh, Russia. All right. So we'll be rooting for him to get his hat-trick in the World Cup final. Exactly. Uh, battle for Panama to get there, but we'll see what they can do. How about you? Who are you rooting for? I think Iceland and Panama all the way, which may mean that after the group stage, I'll have to find somebody new, I think. So last note, on the on the uh, international game, for the goal, Blas Perez, is it a goal or is it not a goal? Did not look like a goal at all. I'm not really sure why they called it one. Definitely not a goal. And um, one of the reasons why they really got to bring uh, goal line technology to CONCACAF. Yep. Now, moving on. MOS, the week week 33, the Sounders, having just recently played Dallas, get to play Dallas again. Dallas needs points, but uh, didn't really go their way. 4-0, Sounders win. Victor Rodriguez scored first. Will Bruin would score two more. Um... Then Harry Ship would come on in this game, so we knew he wasn't dead. Um, uh, didn't really do much in, in that game. Um, but and then um, Lamar Nago would score to make it four to make it four zero. Um, this game pretty boring. Um, any thoughts from this? There wasn't really any fouls. Notable. I don't think there was any video review thing that I was like, that should have been a card. Yep, I mean, it's, you know, nice to Sounders with a 4 0 victory, but less fun to watch than you think, given that score. This allowed them to clinch a playoff spot, um, and it put them in a position where if they won or draw, uh, oh, wait, no, if they won against Colorado the following week, then they would be guaranteed uh, that number two spot, uh, which would give them a bye. So, now, a game that was much, much more entertaining was Decision Day. And uh, and there were a lot of really entertaining games uh, on Decision Day. Lots and lots of goals. Uh, and uh, started out... With Kelvin Neardom getting up, he passed in and Will Bruin. This this was just an amazing play. What do you think of that first goal? Yeah, you know, he just recognizes a big area of space, makes a good run there, gets the ball, and then, you know, the best part was the hesitation. He, you know, lets the, lets the defense overrun the play, puts it back across to Will Bruin, who... You know, they called it the simplest of finishes, but I think that was actually a, a tough play for him to hold up his run and reach back and get the ball. Anyway, a good goal for him. Okay, so it's 1-0 at, at this point. Then off the ball, I can't remember who it was who took the shot. I think it was Ladero who took the shot. Um, who, who took the, yeah, took the shot. Uh, Colorado defender goes down. Um, it goes down. I'm not actually sure. I didn't get a, I didn't see the Colorado player go down. Uh, 
at the game live, and I and I was actually really surprised. I thought I wasn't. I thought I was paying close attention, but I didn't even see Chris Penzo go over to the video review review uh, thing, which he did, and he looked at the video. Um, I just thought he was told by the video uh, assistant referee uh, that it was an elbow, but. Um, but, but he actually did look, and um, after seeing it, it's definitely a red card. Uh, it's Dempsey being really stupid. Um, no, see, I disagree with that. I don't think it's a red card at all. I think it's Dempsey making a swim move past him. I'm not sure there was any contact whatsoever. In the replay I saw, I saw two angles, and I just thought it was, you know, Dempsey trying to push past a defender who was grabbing him. And so, to me, it's not a foul. It's not a red card. Uh, I did. I. I mean, I hope you're right, and I and I don't know, don't know what the Sounders think, what the board thinks, if they'll, because if if, because they will definitely try and repeal it, repeal this if there's an angle or something that shows that it's not a foul. And I mean, um, but if it's an elbow, um, he's. But if it's, you know, if the elbow, if it's contact, uh, I don't think he's going to suspend it for one game. I think it's going to be two, and that's really bad. Um, I'm, uh, but uh, I'll be interested to see what what happens. Right. I hope there are some better angles of it, you know, so you can see more clearly what went on. But you're right that there's a risk that uh, we won't be seeing Dempsey for a good part of the playoffs here. Now, one thing about this game was, uh, that Svensson and Victor Rodriguez were out because of injuries, so ships started. Did you hear anything about this before the game? I certainly didn't. And just also with injuries, hopefully we can get everyone back before our playoff game. Uh, Morris, Bonzo? Spencer in his post-game interview said he was very happy to have the extra time for players to recover. Um... I think. I mean, they we'll said. Have to see how that works out. I mean, before they said Morris and Alonso were getting pretty close, and they should be ready for the playoffs. Um, uh, they said that a while ago. Um, hopefully, that's pretty true. Uh, but uh, if we still do have some depth, uh, uh, some depth. Um, and playing well, if we can go wherever we have to play in the playoffs, um, if we can go and get one or just keep a shutout. We're playing so well at home. I think it's good. I, I think it's good. Looking yep, good right now. Nice to hear that the uh, the game will not be on Halloween when yep. they come back to Seattle. Nice to hear. And so the other. And then the next part of the game was still 1-0. Colorado would get a penalty kick. This one's pretty clear. Handball on Harry Ship. Um, nothing really to argue about. Right. Yeah. At first I thought the ball was in a completely non-dangerous place, but there was another uh, 
There was a Colorado uh, player, you know, coming up behind him. So if he, if the ball had gone through, it might have been a dangerous situation. Yeah. So I think the referee had no no option but yeah. to give the penalty. And then, uh, and then uh, Dominic Badgy steps up and he puts it off the post, just like earlier when we same post that Will Bruin hit earlier. Um, right. I think it Fry obviously did guess the right way. Yeah, it's hard you know, to... If he, if he put it much inside the post, Fry would have had a good chance of stopping it. Yeah, that was about... So you can understand why Badgie was hitting it hard and right at the post. Definitely, re- definitely really close, but still 1-0. Then Sounders would get a penalty of their own. Joe and Jones uh, put in a ball across and... Um, Immediately, my first thought when I when I saw this is um, dog cell. and I was a little surprised at first that he gave a yellow card to to the other center back before giving it to Axel Schoberg. Oh, I didn't see that. He showed the card to the wrong player. No, he showed a yellow card to both players. Uh, okay, I didn't see that. So I assume that it was the new dog show rule where, you well, know, yeah. they don't want to double penalize the player for the, you know, they don't want to give the penalty and the red card. Yes, uh, I, I understand, I understand that, but the thing that I also under- think is that it, you also have to, that I've heard, what, what the guys on ESPN were also talking about is you also have to be making a play on the ball. Right, so that's what I, my understanding also, is that because it was just such a cynical foul with no attempt to play the ball at all, um, that's why the, the other rule doesn't apply. Yeah. And he pulls him down right when Bruin is about to make contact. So it has to right. be a right he clearly, he clearly just grabs him with no attempt to play the ball. You know, Bruin's right in front of the goal. Um, so, yeah, definitely what the, what the thing is meant to cover. I mean, but but the thing about that... The the new FIFA thing is, I mean, like, if it is a bad enough foul and it's in the box, um, it, I mean, it's a penalty kick, but if it's bad enough, it can't be a yellow card. Like, if there's violent conduct in the box. Like, if, if the violent, con- vi- uh, violent conduct, like, if someone decides to, like, throw a punch... Sure. So, I mean, obviously, this wasn't violent contact. It was just, you know, grabbing him by both shoulders and throwing his aim off. Yes, but the point is, if the foul is bad enough, and in this case, it clearly was, and I mean, it's not throwing a punch, but still, um, it clearly was bad enough, um, and it had to be a red card. Well, I mean, but it was only a red card because of where it happened. It wasn't in any way a violent red card foul. If it happens at midfield, it's not a yellow even. Oh well, well yes, it it is. Well, it's a red card because he's the last man back because it's Dogzo. Right, because it's Dogzo. I don't know. I would have thought the... it was reasonable to give a yellow card on that play because I think the double penalty was, you know, was harsh. But you know, I think it's also true that you don't want people to feel like they can, um, you know, given a given a sure goal, I would rather people feel like there's at least some incentive not to create not to cause the foul um but anyway the call was what it was so obviously at that point the founders looked in pretty good shape and then now and we were dominating them pretty we were pretty much dominating them even when we were 10 v 11 so then we just took over again 
when it was even. Right, that's when they really seemed to give up and just admit that their season was over. And then, so Nicholas Lero is stepping up, and just like at the very beginning of this game, I don't know if it, how easy it was to tell, but we there was so much waiting. We were waiting for a good a 25, a good like minute at the beginning of the game for other stadiums. Uh-huh. And then, and then also, when and then Axel Soberg or I don't, I don't even know how you say that guy's name. Um, he, oh, right, he's, he's the field, so the, that yeah. delayed the penalty kick. Yeah, he, he. I mean, it was. It's a little, it's a little stupid because that that is the rule that Chris Penzo has to follow. You have to wait for them to literally leave the area, and he wasn't even on the field. Like he was walking the side the sideline, but they can't go until he's under the tunnel. Yep. Uh, it's a little ridiculous. So Ladero steps up. Um, Tim Howard is very is good at penalties, and he knows that, especially for people like Ladero, you can't move because um, Ladero at the beginning because Ladero sometimes goes slow, and if Tim Howard moves a little or something, then. Like, I thought there was a chance that Nicholas Ladero was going to try and chip or send it right down the middle. But he puts it to the right, and Tim Howard got really close to saving this. Yep. I mean, penalties are hard, and he's so good. He's so good. Um, But that was was too close. Um, And then, so then, really late in the game, Ladero would ice it three... 2-0, 2-0, free haircuts, and um, he ripped off his shirt, and uh, he was like one of the only players who didn't have a yellow card in this game, uh, and um, and uh, picked up the yellow card for doing that, and he also did the shoe phone again. Yeah. Now, do you like, now for the, for for the playoffs, if you get yellow card accumulation, you just get a fine. Uh, if you got like if you were in trouble with the yellow cards, you you would get a fine. Do you think that do you like that, or do you think that that person should have been if those those people should be just suspended, or do you think if it same with the red card? Do you think I I think it's right that you get suspended for the red card, or do you, you agree with those with those rules? Are you talking about whether about, Dempsey should be eligible to play, or are you saying within the playoffs? Well, just in general, like if you get a yellow, if you get yellow card accumulation um, on the last game of the season, it's you don't have you are allowed to play. You just get a fine. Okay, you're saying that it doesn't carry through to the playoffs the way it would with a red card. Yeah, and it and like everyone starts over because like in, I mean like in the playoffs you get one yellow card in another game. You get in one game, and then you get a yellow card in the other game. Then you're already suspended. Then you're suspended. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously those rules are difficult to set up. You want to make a balance between letting the players play the game and making sure people can't just foul a lot and not get punished for it. Okay. So, let's, uh, so we'll quickly run through the other decision day games. Started off bad for FC Dallas. As LA opened it in one, and uh, uh, and then FC Dallas would run away later. Uh, 
And uh, that game finished 5-1. Uh, and RSL beat Sporting Kansas City 2-1. They were the two teams chasing. But San Jose, it took them to stop. They uh, they were winning 2-1 over Minnesota for most of the game. And then the last 10 minutes, they managed... Minnesota ties it up. Minnesota ties it up. And then later... Chris Wondanowski laid it off to Marco Arena, who made it 3-2. Um, you, are you happy with San Jose making it, or uh, would you have rather seen Dallas? Um, not a lot to choose between those two, I think. I mean, I, I'd like... There's no one on San Jose that I really generally dislike, except... For, for Chris Wondolowski. Um But I do feel... Com- I feel more confident in the sound... If the Sounders got to play San Jose than FC Dallas. And I guess of San Jose the, is the one team we know we won't be facing in the in next In the semifinals. It, it, yeah, that's what I was just about to point out. Now, the one game that uh, was a little sad for Sounders... Because Portland... 1-2-1 against Vancouver. Vancouver did have the lead at one point in this game. Uh, Portland won the Cascadia Cup. So Sounders have still have will still hang on to their 2015 uh, win that they got. The other big one is uh, we saw Toronto FC tie Atlanta. And Toronto FC uh, finished with 69 points which is the record for points. And aren't you a little surprised it isn't, hard, it isn't higher than that? I mean... Well, soccer's a tough game. You know, you... Not a league like the Bundesliga where one team can run away with it. Exactly. And then the, the other thing is Philadelphia and Orlando, nothing to play for, and Philadelphia wins 6-1. to one. Who, see, who saw that coming? Yeah. You know, just a question of which team was going to show up, I guess. Okay, so let's go through the matchups for uh, for the playoffs. So in the East, it's Toronto FC, New York City FC, who get the bye. Um, Chicago will host the New York Red Bulls, uh, and then Atlanta is going is uh, hosting Columbus. Uh, Chicago, New York. Who do you think's taking home? Who's who will be moving on in this game? I think New York. Uh, New York coming off. New York uh, coming off the victory. And in the other game, I think Chicago. I mean, I think Columbus is going to lose what I hope won't turn out to be their last game ever in Columbus. That's another whole story we can talk about sometime. Yeah, with the with them. Maybe heading to Austin. Austin. Yep, uh, definitely could be interesting. And I mean, if they do that, do you think they'll change their name? I mean, the Austin crew just does not sound good. Yeah, that would be like the Utah Jazz or something. Yeah. No. Exactly. Sporting Kansas City. Exactly. Uh, so anyway, what about the West? Well, we really care about it. Uh, so the West, Portland, it's Portland on top. 
then then the Sounders, then Vancouver have dropped a third. Um, they'll play San Jose, and then Houston Dynamo and Kansas City, and they just played each other two guys, two times like a week ago. Um, Houston's hosting Houston, of course. Uh, Houston uh, won, beat Chicago 3-0 at home. They don't have to tra uh, They don't have to travel. Kansas City has to know has to go to Houston. Um, who do you think is going to win that game? I think for the reason you said, Houston has the advantage there. Yeah, I, I don't. I like sporting Kansas City, and um, I actually think because of how the last games have gone, this game's going to penalties. And um, if Tim Mila, Tim Tim Melia is back for sporting Kansas City, they have a better chance. But um, I don't think it's going to be. He's going to be back, and I think. Houston has some talented penalty takers, and Houston will advance. Okay. And then the other game would be is uh, Vancouver Whitecaps versus San Jose. San Jose, uh, last week, they went to Vancouver and they won. Do you think they can do it again? I don't think so. So in that case, that would mean... So I, I agree with you there. Um, that would put up to Seattle, Sam Vancouver. So, so Sounders, would, Sounders would head to Vancouver first, and then, and then we would, uh, then, uh, then we would host Vancouver. So Portland would play Houston. Uh, we'll talk about talk about that uh, more. If if we would. We'll talk about whatever that that first leg. Talk about the first. We'll recap the first leg after it, because now in the playoffs, we're reviewing every every game. Sounders play after every Sounders game they play, uh, which are they're playing. Hopefully, um, I'm I'm hoping that it's either just one one or zero zero. That'd be great for the first. Uh, for, for the first, my predi- I didn't say my predictions in the East. I think, uh, I know the thing about Columbus leaving, and I, it's unclear if that's going to happen, but I think Atlanta's going to win this by like 5-0. They're just so good at home. I don't see them getting beat. And then Chicago, New York. I'm going with Chicago. Even though Chicago just lost 3-0 in Houston, Chicago, it's the playoffs. They haven't been here since 2012, and I think they're going to win. Uh, so, so that, who do you think is going to make it to the MLS Cup from the East? From the East? Do you think Toronto? Uh, I mean, it's hard to count Toronto. They're in great form. I mean, Giovinco, that game, uh, he tied it up with a monster of a free kick. Insane. Bragg, who's on yep, no chance. Left with nothing to do there. I actually think... Uh, I think there's a... I think Atlanta is coming out of the East. Okay. I that think would be I, I, We would be saying... I think Atlanta, if they beat Columbus, they're, going, they're hosting Toronto. And I think they can... And I think even with them tying Toronto today, they can do it. Um... And uh, I think th- I think that uh, 
Might be the location of MLS Cup. As we talked about before, the only place the Sounders could host MLS Cup um, would be uh, if it was against the Red Bulls. So I said the Red Bulls were gonna lose. We're gonna lose to Chicago, but now that I'm saying that, I'm realizing this. I want them to win, and yep, that would only we'll see what they can do it for us. And that and that would only happen because we have the same number of wins, and I think the next one is like head to head. So, because we beat them 3-0 first game, first home game, that'd be us. But anyway, we will we will get that first leg of the Western uh, Western Conference semifinal. It will be it will be either against Vancouver, Houston, or Kansas City. Uh, it's gonna be a good game. Looking forward to the playoffs. But uh, for now, David, you got to keep your... Scars up.